Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He could potentially get traded during the draft, not before the draft, but during the draft. If he's serious about really leaving the organization, one thing that organizations don't want is they don't want players that don't want to be there, especially high-profile players who could affect the locker room. And I think Debo Sam is one of those guys. Let him go get his money. If he doesn't want to be there, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, let's go get some picks. New York Jets seem to be interested. Let's go do it. That is Keyshawn Johnson. Well, with Jay Williams, Max Kellerman, Draft Week on ESPN 690. Listen to them at 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Listen to us, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. That, of course, 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. Action Sports Shacks OT coming up right after this. No shrimp tonight on a Monday, but they're hot, though. Terrific weekend for the Jumbo Shrimp. Back in action tomorrow morning. Casey, we have that on air or Facebook because it's like an 11 o'clock game or something. Yeah, right? we'll have it on air. On air. I'll be here. Morning. Don't That's worry. A Tuesday early yep. game. Yeah, shout out to the Charlotte Knights, man. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. They love those kids games. That's the one where you're getting all the elementary and middle schoolers out to the ballpark, and they're screaming and yelling, and you're playing SpongeBob over and over again on the uh, public address. <laughs> shout out to the teachers. The kids games yep. are great, man. They really For are. For the they're teachers, fun. it's great because they get a nice little two-hour you know, <laughs> sojourn. They don't have to try and teach nine plus four. Instead, it's... Don't run away from us, please. Yeah, but we've had, like, Iceman on before during those kids' games, and they love them. Oh, they love them, yeah. They, they remember them. Uh, back to the argument about uh, balls and strikes and robotic umpires. Hutch says, absolutely not. What baseball fan in their sanity wants AI to take over the game? Human element is essential to the game. Weekday, always sports chatter at work. Kind of my point. Dan says, I don't get the argument that bad referees and umpires are good entertainment. In no way, shape, or form is ending Schwarber's at bat on a bad pitch entertaining. Uh, yeah, Thank you. I, I think at times you're right. I mean, listen, it it peaks, it's peaks and valleys. But I think debate is entertaining. I think controversy is entertaining. I think it's the way we consume sports now, um, at least the world we live in. And if we couldn't complain about something, then and everything was just tidy and neat. Uh, like I always say, I mean, if you want tidy and neat, just go play a video game. I mean, everything's cool on a video game. I like watching eye racing. That's tidy and neat. But you get some controversy in that too. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people like to be argumentative and enjoy the controversy of things. But I almost don't know if we could watch sport without it today. Like I was coming up with, um, I said, okay, what sport? Know. Like even MMA and boxing, right? The officiating is key. Low blows. Uh, blows to the head, like when you're not supposed. The back of the head. Uh, Stopping a fight, like those, scoring. Yeah, scoring, scoring at right? the end of it. So. And we don't always agree. Yeah. But it's subjective. Right. And I think the sport I was trying to come up with, I'm like, golf is probably one, and there's others, like bowling and sports like that, that golf especially, kind of like a mainstream or main or stream sport, that doesn't have a lot of controversy involved in everything. Until Bryson gets an official's ruling on every third hole. Well, but I would say this. It, in my opinion, if you were going to make everything uniform, then you would have to say every PGA Tour event, it's a 12 on the stint meter. Like, every green has sure, to be the same. Yeah. Like, that's what you're asking baseball to do, is, is say the box has to be the box, or the green speed has to be the green speed, and if I really wanted to be over-dramatize this, and this is a little crazy, um, is to say, okay, if the wind speed gets above 15 miles an hour, we're not playing. Like, because really, the, the official in golf, the umpires in golf, are the greenskeepers how they set up the course yeah. and Mother Nature? Right. 
And you have no control over either one. She's never kind. Yeah. You have no control. <laughs> you have to deal with what you got, whether you agree or not. People complain all the time about pin locations. So I remember a few years ago at the players when uh, when it just got so dried out and slick. And yeah. it was like that was Sergio's five putt on like the fifth uh -huh. hole. And everyone was just having a conniption about it. And it's like, well, that's that's Mother Nature combined with, you know, like you said, that that umpire of golf, so to speak, uh, the one setting up the course. That one just happened to go maybe a little bit too far, but I I'm sure you could speak to this more than more than others as the uh, parent of a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. um, I've always been of the belief, as long as it's the same for both teams and it's consistent, look, it it's going to vary a little bit. Some some umpires are going to like the outside yeah. strike. Some are going to want you to keep it tight in the zone and give you a little more leeway up and down. But as long as it's consistent and established over the course of the game, I think that's that's kind of the key. So you have that first couple innings to kind of settle into it, figure out what his zone is or her zone, and then kind of go from there. I honestly don't. And by the way, I agree with you. And, and the argument against that is, well, all umpires aren't going to be consistent. I get it. I get it. Like that's, And we have to deal with that. Sometimes and then you we just get need better complaint. umpires. Sometimes that's the answer. <laughs> well, you do. Um, and, and listen, I, I can do a whole show on this, and I'm guilty of it sometimes too at even the youth level, that I just... I think we blame umpires for everything. Sure. Like we do. Like we have, we blame officials for everything. We blame every loss of every football game, every whatever. It's all about the officials. We, yeah. we, have, we have built a society where we blame umpiring and officiating for everything. Like, and it's not just at the youth level. It's at the NFL level, the big league level, the every level. And then we wonder why it's so hard to get good umpires and, and officials. Wants, so that's a real story. That's it's why I could do a whole it's show absolutely on it. Like, a real I mean, story. That is, that is legit. It and is again, the most thankless job, and it's such an important part of every sport, every game that you're playing, but uh, it's, it's never the one who's ever appreciated for what they're doing uh, to help provide sport. Yeah, Brent Martin, no, uh, Stuart Weber stopped by. That's Stuart Weber, of course, uh, along with Casey Kurtz here on a Monday Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I love this conversation. We're going to flip back to football, but I, I really do enjoy the conversation about this because I think it's fascinating. If you can, there's a lot that has changed in our world with technology and other things, and this is one that I, I have said, and I don't know if I'm, I'm factual here. If we go to robotic umpires, I might not watch anymore. Now... That like people say when they strike and they hate players and owners and stuff. They like I really feel like you take that you start taking away the nuances of the way the game was invented, and I've got a bit of a problem with that. Like, have we done that in any sport? Have we taken away like how the game was played and performed? Like you would do that with robotic umpires. I really would. You drastically change the way it was invented to be played. I'll say this: you, you haven't taken away from it, but. I think the, the biggest comparison you can make is adding eagle eye to tennis where, you know, you're not, you're not doing every call off of that, but you can do a quick snap, you know, takes an extra 15 seconds uh, and, and kind of get that lined up. But that doesn't take into account what zone has been established over the course of the game. So, That's yeah, it, I don't see how you could go halfway. If an umpire is calling the outside strike for an entire game and then you have a review system in case one's a couple inches out of the box – and then you use that review system for just that strike three call, 
how how can you how can you play it both ways? That yeah, that, that'd be tough know? to do. It would. Uh, and that system is awesome. By I way. love that system. <laughs> I like that you system. Get, the crowd starts. That does the clap, the build up clap oh, yeah. as you see the little ball flying across the screen I, and whether interact. Yeah, it's helped that sport. I don't know. Nobody's watching tennis to the degree they used to. Nope. But I think that's more because of the star power, not because they changed the technology. Yeah, it's not Although, because it's not because of the technology. By the way. I know my, from my childhood growing up around when I started to get into tennis, I remember the Jimmy Connors and the Patrick uh, McEnroe's. Uh, the, I mean, the, the blow-ups did make some better, you know, profiles and right? personalities in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Are um, you serious? You know, I mean, just the McEnroe. It's, it's almost like it, yeah. in tennis now you you love the technology. You're so impressed by the technology that it's almost cool. Yeah. It is cool. I especially love it when it's, like, really close, and then they, like, they're zooming in. Super slowly, it's like enhance. Yeah, they're like enhance. They're direct enhance. Yeah, it, right. It's so cool. I love that aspect of it. All right, let's shock your mock, baby. Let's go, Casey. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity, or remorse, or fear, and it absolutely will not stop ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and shivered, mortified and stupefied. So you tried to play GM and you started a mod. So I go to my boy Money Martin, I'll be popping in the truck. We sell the mud. Gonna suck your mop. 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 Well, Austin Lane likes to be mean to people on this part of the program and shock your mock and roast your mock. But maybe we'll like one of these. Were you mean to us last night on the show, by the way, on Sunday's Action Sports Jacks primetime? I did not. Uh, We did do a mock draft. We did. Now, you were mean to Austin. I was mean to Austin. I mean, not Austin. uh, Marcel. Marcel. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, Now, we could be mean to Robert Atsert one Jags fan. That's a long handle. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we yeah. could start there. He got a whole lower third. That's how <laughs> long his name was. Okay. <laughs> we could start there with the venom. But we're gonna we're gonna be nice and we appreciate that you put some thought into your Twitter name. And this is That's why this, that. this is why I brought fourteen hundred SAT guy into the show yeah. so he could explain the dra- the trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we need that because I'm glad I don't have to be professor on that anymore. So but frankly, I don't get it. So the Jags are getting two first rounders. Fourth and a tenth overall pick. Yep. Give it to me, baby. Yep. Give it to me. They still have 38, and they got a fourth round or whatever. And uh, the Jets are getting the number one overall pick in 70. That's it? Who are the Jets picking at one? It's not part of the game. I'm just I'm just curious. Who would just, they pick at one? This is going into my, my thought process. Like, in what world, in what world are the Jets giving up four and ten for one? I don't know. But anyhow, that, that appears to be the, the compensation. We give up, we the Jaguars give up one and 70 in the third round in exchange for 4-10 and 10 in the first round, 38 in the second round, and a fourth rounder thrown in there as well. Yeah, I mean, we we just, need another late-round pick. We apparently. just swindled the Jets. We got oh, it. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, they're, making, they're making draft day two, and, and yeah. Costner is now working for the Jaguars, and he has swindled the Jets. Oh, we absolutely have done it. So, Robert, I think you're, out of, your, you're out of your mind, but I like it. All right, yeah. So right. let's get look, after look, If the simulation let it happen, it, it happened, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> And then we took Charles Cross. And then you take Charles Cross at four. Yep. Listen, if we weren't being nice to this guy, you know, I'd have some questions. First off, 
And so people would Who? say, who's Charles Cross? Yeah. Because we have never had him in a mock draft. Not one time. And we've had Yosef Corker like four <laughs> times. We have. And now we have Charles Cross, who nobody's ever heard of. So Casey gives us a cheat sheet on Charles Cross. Can get broken down, opened up against rushers who use stutters to set up inside counters. That's technical. Doesn't have a lot of reps, reps as a run blocker because he played for a leech in Mississippi yeah. State. But what I'm getting out of that is he can't run block, and if you stutter, he can't pass block. Yeah, that's not good. That, yeah. that, that fills up a large portion of the box there. So hopefully it's straight bull rush every snap or we're in trouble with and, Charles Cross. And by the way, like if you want to go offensive lineman, Robert, like my guess is Neil or Iquano is still there. Why do we reach for Charles Cross? Likely. Like, likely. At four, one of them's got to be there. Yeah, I mean... They got the pass rushers. Yeah, I don't know what we're doing. But anyway, the better one for you, Casey, is we get your guy. Now you make it right. Charles who? And then Drake London. We get excited about in Jacksonville. The 10th overall pick. Your guy. It is our guy. That's why you put this mock draft You up, better believe it? it. I've made this stupid 25-second song <laughs> one and a half months ago. It took me like an hour, and I've only played it once, and now we're playing it twice. Thank you, Robert. And London catches with one hand. Me, me, me at the London. Talk about the catch of the year. Yeah, Drake London, not known as the speedster, but he gives a double move here. Really nice job. And look, just give this guy a chance. He will go up and make the play. Look at what he can do, making guys miss. Good things happen when you continue to feed the beast that can't be covered. And Drake London can't be covered. <laughs> Can't be the covered. Can't be covered. The beast, the beast cannot be covered. Just play after play. I don't care that he didn't run the forty-yard dash. It doesn't matter. What a pick! Way to go, Robert. I still am not in love with like London as much yeah. as you are. You absolutely love Drake London. So I, I've been there many times, and I got to say, I like London to Jacks a lot better than Jacks to London. I, I like that. that. I like that a lot better. All right, I'm with. Yeah, Brent, you're just gonna be, you're gonna be disappointed at the end of the season when they're giving him Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year, whatever. It's going to uh, be Jamar Chase 2.0, except better. All right, uh, if that's what you say. But on another team. Yeah, not ours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. No, no, no. Probably like somebody that's good. How do we say in a boy, Mafi? Mafi. Mafi. Yep. Minnesota edge guy. Now, here's an interesting part of this, and this is where we're nice to you, Robert. Are you being smarter than the rest of us? Because there's a guy in the business that I really respect. That's Daniel Jeremiah. I really think he's good. And he will tell you that he thinks there's like two, three rounds worth of edge guys that can make an impact like right away. And if Mafe's one of those guys out of Minnesota or just anybody you like in that second round, is that the smarter play here is to eventually get your edge guy a little deeper down in this draft? And we haven't entertained it much because the edge guys are at the high part of the draft, but... Again, I don't like the Charles Cross part of this. The Drake London stuff is unrealistic because you're not getting two picks. But the point being, overall, could you still take an offensive lineman or somebody else or even a, a walker that you could slide on the fr uh, defensive front and then another edge guy in the second or third round with one of those three other picks in the first three rounds? That's the thing. I seem to remember Yannick Ngakwe being a pretty good edge guy, and he was not first off the board. It, it's something to watch. Yeah. I think for sure. Uh, four, five, three guy. Uh, so we don't need the speed button, Casey. A uh, little pr nope. production with 15 career sacks and 19 and a half tackles for loss. Uh, Jalen Petrie uh, is the next up on the board. Cornerback out of Baylor.
5'11", 200, what I would say, and I wish Austin was here to say it for me, is why do we need another corner right now in the top 40 picks? It's a great question. Team feels pretty stacked at that position. I mean, really, you can make the case. Can you make the case that the Jags at corner is their best position? Like, I hope yeah. their best position is quarterback. You can make the argument, for sure. And Jalen Petrie's going to fit right in with the boys. But right if, on the bench. If you were, <laughs> if you were to actually take each position and rank it against the other teams, I think you might say that the cornerback position, the Jags would do the best in. Like, Trevor, I feel good about, but nobody's ranking Trevor like top 10. Yeah. Nobody's ranking him probably top 20 right now coming off last year. I think you could take those three guys that they have built now, Shaq and, and Campbell and Williams, and say, hey, we got a top 10 cornerback room. Agreed. And I haven't really done that exercise, but I think I, mean, I Austin feel did like it. you could. I think you weren't here or something, but we did it, and we both agreed on that. So, yeah, uh, to your point, I agree with that. So why you need another one at 38 is questionable at best. 38? By the way, the, the post-pick press conference, we would learn about a lot about how the NFL is in a lot of dime packages these days, and we need four. That's what that's what's going to happen if that if that pick happens. That would be true. Because I remember after the Darius Williams, it was like, hey, we're in a lot of nickel these days. We need three. Yeah. So if we get another big no, time four. one, we're playing with one safety. We're just yeah. We're we're changing we're changing the game. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Uh, by the way, top end speed is a bit questionable. Great. Rigid back pedal at times. Oh. Rigid. Yeah. That feels like the old button. The old button. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. My favorite part of the breakdown is uh, bad eyes lead him to losing receivers and covering grass. <laughs> Wait, what? No, it gets better. And also show some hip tightness. Oh, like, not tight. Like it's, again. The only oh, thing that you need in a quarterback is a guy that's not tight at the hips. Fluid hips, man. Like you need that in eyes. This dude's covering the grass with no tight hips. And his hips are tight. Dude. And we're taking him 38th overall. Unbelievable. I thought I was going to be nice that's to disaster. Robert. No, yeah, I did too, but this Forget is just... It. It's impossible to be nice on these things. We're, yeah. we're off the rails already, but, it, you know, it's just not good. It's not good to just I do think this next pick, uh, Brian well, this is Asimov good. from yeah, the linebacker at Oklahoma 65, I think I could see some value there. Kind of like that pick. Yeah, I mean... It, it, he has solid eyes, by the way. Oh, good. <laughs> and trigger in the run game. Draft Quick to alert. fire downhill. <laughs> good downhill movement. I think they play on a flat field. I was going to say, I was pretty sure most fields are a flat surface. <laughs> now, that's going to be in the press conference as well. We're now, also elevating the 40. Yep. So, it's so all downhill yep. once you get to the red he zone. He does I like something it. I kind of feel like I'm pretty good at at times in front of the camera. He does a good job turning his shoulders and getting skinny. Oh. We've learned some tricks over the years on how to do that on camera. <laughs> I'm not good at that at all. Above average speed, Casey. Just hit the button because we want to hit every button. Speed. We're hitting them. I am... Speed. I know you're going to work this in. Give it to me. In the negatives. That poor upper body strength does no. not get any pop in his punch. Does not get any pop That's in his punch. That's disrespectful. For a linebacker, especially. I feel does, like a linebacker needs some pop in his punch. Does not play with physicality. Too, too often off. shies away from blocks. He's a linebacker. Yeah. Like, how could you even get to Oklahoma playing linebacker if you're shying away from blocks? And be a projected... Second, third round pick. And be a second, third round pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Coastal Carolina, the Chanticleers. This dude's slow, right? That's, this is, That's likely the case. This is our slow problem. Hey. It is likely the case. 
Uh, it is a uh, DNP. At least it's not a DNF on the 40-yard dash because that would be another story. Yeah, I, I clearly remember uh, likely being slow and mulletless, and that was the oh. definitely the knocks on him coming out of Coastal Carolina. Not a team player, yeah, I remember. If you're, if you're not growing a mullet with the team, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Strong hands, though, and can snatch the ball when in a crowd. Okay. Huh? Got that. All right. All right. By the way, in my mock draft on Sunday night's primetime, I took a player specifically for a pun. So yes, like, did. likely would be a, a likely good would as be well. like right in your wheelhouse, right in the wheelhouse. Uh, Luke Fortner is after that. He's a center. We need a center like down there. What's that? Uh, fourth round. Yeah. Okay with that. If you project him to be a good one, that was a bonus pick too, by the way, from our, our dealings with the Jets. <laughs> that's true. Officially <laughs> that's comes also out of his how stance. We the corner. There you, yeah, that's right. He efficiently comes out of his stance. Maybe that's why he that's picked that start. corner because he was just it was just a throwaway pick from the Jets. Yeah, lucky. Yeah. Shows an under impressive understanding grasp of how to negotiate. Well, that would be good for contracts. Contracts, yeah. Uh, if he gets a second one, sure. Negative says adequate play strength and square power. Square power. Can be late, high, and wide with his hands and pass protection. Will get the upfield shoulder of backers too quickly on his climb, leaving him vulnerable to run-throughs underneath. <laughs> They're throwing them all out there, man, on this one. Yeah. I don't know where you found these things, but throwing them all out there. Yeah, I'm just trying to help, help uh, the situation. Uh, you can, look at how many players we have. Uh, we just, like, we could have started a whole new franchise with all these draft picks. Yeah, I will tell you that the uh, information that you have on this Google Doc runs out after Marquis Bell. That's good because so, we're about out of time. Yeah. All the other guys are going to our XFL affiliate, I guess. Uh, there you go. We have seen, by the way, a Tito Agbania before. Yeah. Defensive interior. Interior. Interior? Interior. That's our Rhode Island. That's, that young, that's how they say Rhode Island. Young radio friend <laughs> just popped out there for a second. <laughs> interior. Interior. Uh, Otito. Draft need alert. Mention. Uh, Here's what I don't like about the dude. No 40, no three cone, no shuttle. Either I'm on a jank website or this guy didn't do anything. He doesn't. He uh, does a good job prying himself through combos and double teams, though. He just wants you to look at the tape, Casey. Just look at the tape. I'm not doing that. Another guy that knows how player. to get skinny and minimize not a, contact. Not a track athlete. But at the end of the day, he has heavy feet when trying to redirect or navigate open space. Pad level can be an like issue. That. He probably doesn't have a lot of open space, though, as a defensive interior. Lineman. Well, if he gets it, it's game over. Yeah. He's not getting there. He's not, he's, not a, he's not a sack guy. He's a run stuffer. Pad level uh, is an issue with a defensive interior oh, player. That's, that's not, not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, below average base and anchor. Let's his base get too narrow and struggles to find his footing again. So is he falling? What the? I don't know. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, by the way, we know Hassan Haskins down there. Revis Slow. we've had before. C.J. Wright. Sincere McCormick. Is that... Why are we drafting two running backs? Is that how that guy yeah, finished his letter? Yeah, we got two running backs. Could the NFL? All right. <laughs> sincere McCormick. Like, that's that likely. Like, he better put sincerely, right? Yeah, sincerely sincere. That's weird. That'd be good. But why are we drafting two running backs, though? Name. We're also you know? drafting two guys from Coastal Carolina. Yeah, we they had, had, like, a really good pro day that we don't know about? No, no, yeah, we got Nobody Coastal, else knows they were there. We got Gene Smith alert all over this. Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina, Florida A&M. What a fan. Georgia Southern and UTSA. Uh, but let's go back to Marquise Bell. He's yeah. a safety. He's round six. Uh, he's out of FAMU. He's a rattler. And uh, pros, highly touted recruit, expected to be in the mix for early playing time while at Maryland, but an off-the-field hiccup led to Florida A&M. Now, that's not a bad thing sometimes. If the films are checked out, you get those, get through, that means you got a 
more talented player than maybe would you normally see coming out of uh, FAMU. Um, not to knock FAMU, you can get talented players out of there, but this guy was a Big Ten caliber player uh, coming out. The cons, eye discipline and coverage is Bell's gift and curse right now. Teams have been successful with using his aggressiveness against him in coverage. You know what that sounds like? Cisco. Yeah. It's kind of the book on Cisco, right? I mean, he'll go for a gamble or he'll get beat. So you really can't put two boom or bust guys back there, right? Probably not. Because what if they both bust? Uh, That would be bad. It's not a boom. With average reactionary quickness, he's fallen victim to explosive plays in his vicinity, cleaning up when and where his eyes are fixated, understanding the differences in backfield action. This is a guy that we really haven't seen much. I like it. I like the fact that he's given us some new names. I do appreciate that. Yeah. We tried. It just it took us to draft week to get some new names. Like we don't have Dylan Parham on here finally. Thank God. I'm trying to tell you about Parham. I can't do it. There's just nothing. There's nothing left to be said on Parham. All being said, though, if they pick him, you know, good. Overall draft grade is an A. And uh, a lot of A's in there, by the way. It's got a lot of A's. PFF really liked his draft. Yeah, if you could get they that really kind liked. of trade, wouldn't you like it? Uh, yeah, they traded the the, the first pick for. They graded the trade an A as well. That's Robert asked at Sir Glenn Appleman, by the way, on the YouTube chat says F. Gives him an F. <laughs> F because it's never going to happen. Wait right. a minute. On the trade. McCormick ran a four six. Oh. Halfback run to four six. We already got Haskins. And Haskins is slow, so he literally drafted the two slowest slow running, running backs, backs in the draft. That's horrible. Haskins came in for a visit for the Jags. So I mean oh. that could be a guy that they do find. And and uh Trent Bulky said there's some middle of the rounds kind of running backs they like is not top heavy and then it kind of falls off too so be interesting to see if they utilize one of those mid-round picks on a running back uh to add to the the stable last year they might have alienated all the michigan fans so maybe trying to bring bring (laughs) one or two back here they're they're (laughs) also going opposite urban meyer they said urban wants speed we're getting the slowest slowest guys possible (laughs) that's not a good idea michigan and slow that's the one thing we could agree upon with urban is that uh, they should have got more speed don't go anywhere, Weber. You got another segment in here? I sure do. Because you're going to Vegas tomorrow. Correct. Draft finally hits Vegas. We'll talk about that. Plus, high school football starts today. Some, uh, we also got to talk about watermelon. Major story. Yeah, we'll talk some watermelon. And I actually think I know what you're talking we about. might have a thing going on with the watermelon. Okay. I like Smash. it. Smash. Yeah. The old Gallagher. We probably should bring in a little watermelon crawl music for this segment. Is that a, you ever hear of that? Is that a song? Did my face look like I had heard of that? No. <laughs> no. You'll want to hear it, though. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Of the 143 teams that have found themselves in an 0-3 hole in a best-of-seven series, zero, zero in the history of the NBA have been able to come back and win that series. And 89 of those 143 teams ended up getting swept. So break out the brooms, baby, because that's where the Brooklyn Nets are headed right now, and it's because they don't have a way to find Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in their sweet spots, get those guys into a rhythm. And we know that this Brooklyn Nets team all season long has been atrocious on the defensive side of the court, and the Boston Celtics have found a way to exploit both. I'm going to say Chris Canty, even though I don't think it's him. I don't know. Was it a good take, Brent? Yeah, but has he been on yet? Oh, he's back. Does he do some weekend stuff? Nah, that's a, oh, no. Well, his show starts at 3. Oh, you already, they already got sound on that. Wow. Oh, dude, when Chris Canty speaks, people are recording. Are we okay. so, maybe we should be spitting out sound bites like that quickly. 
I'll, I'll throw one in. I wonder what they'd do if I tried to upload. Brent Martineau. <laughs> what the That'd be great. Hey, this is the week to do it, man. We got the number one pick. That's true. So, like, I mean, I might have called somebody out in the first 45 minutes of the show. Let's set it up. Brent Martineau thinks the Jags are trading for four and ten. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> uh, let's send it. Let's see if we're on in Seattle or somewhere. Brent Martineau. Stuart Weber. Casey Kurtz. On a Monday, it's draft week. Finally, we're going to talk more about the draft, including finally. Stuart Weber going to the draft in Vegas. Finally. Finally in Vegas. Uh, I remember the, the positioning on this goes back a few years because, uh, you know, we go to the draft every year. And um, in our sports department, we like to, you know, go back and forth on who goes to the different road trips. I remember because in 2019, I, I said, you know what, Marcel, you go to Nashville. Nashville's great. Enjoy it. I knew it was going to be a great time. But I was setting myself up to go the next year to Las Vegas in Calculated. 2020. You know, the long play. It was the long play. You know, be, be nice and offer up Nashville so I'd get Vegas. Nashville and then what happens? Good. That's the one we did on Zoom. We, yeah. did, we did that draft on Zoom. You were in Cleveland last year. I did get – see, I would have given that one up. I would have strategically allowed someone else to go. Yeah. The, a little bit of selfish ambition – the karma got you for got, two years. It did get me. Uh, it did get me. It was so cold and rainy in Cleveland last year. Sounds about right. It's Cleveland. It, it was, yeah, it was a gloomy, gloomy draft day, which is frustrating because the day before, uh, I went to the then-named Indians game, uh, now the Guardians. I went to that game on the Wednesday night, and it was gorgeous. It was good. Blue huh? skies, baseball on the diamond. It was beautiful. Thursday night, awful. Bad. Awful. Cold, I, right? Kind of cold rain. It was cold rain and... I've already looked at the forecast for Vegas. Uh, guess what? There is not cold rain in the forecast. No, not in Vegas. Can you uh, do anything? I mean, I know you can do stuff, but, like, is there a game to go to or anything like that Wednesday night? I haven't looked yet. Um, i got to see if, like, the, the Golden Knights are playing maybe Wednesday night. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at it. I haven't got to that point. Uh, I was mainly waiting to get the schedules all set up. Uh, but there is a possibility because a there's, lot of our stuff will be casinos earlier. casinos open. Casinos will be open. <laughs> I'm not, no, you're not a big casino guy. Uh, I've, been, I've enjoyed one here and there before. I, maybe you go to a show. Is there like a... I'm not going to a show. I'd rather go to a casino than a show. Yeah, like show really? wouldn't do much for me. Anti-show guy. Like huh? who's like, what's out there? What's in Vegas? Like what? Carrot Top. Carrot Top's top. in Vegas? I've seen <laughs> Carrot Top. He, he's not anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's where he lives. That's, that's where they want him to be. I, mean, I told you I saw Carrot Top like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In, at Ashland University okay. 20 years ago. <laughs> nice. Uh uh-huh. You could probably get some Cirque du Soleil. Like, they have some of those shows, Is that right? still, like, is that thing? I'm sure there's, like, four is or five Celine different Dion's types. Is Celine still playing in Prob- Vegas? Probably. The guy with the puppets, maybe? Jeff Dunham? Hey, now. I didn't like how you started that sentence. The guy with the puppets. That's what uh, he is. Hey, I saw him in Vegas. He was funny. Uh, that's fine. But he's the guy with the puppets. What's that called? Ventriloquist? He is a Jeff ventriloquist. Dunham. I mean, you know. I, I, I said nothing bad against him. I just didn't like how you started it, is all. It's okay. He just hangs out with a bunch of dummies. That's all. All right. So uh, you can see Michael Bublé. Okay. John Legend. All right. Do either of those interest you? Nah, not I'm really. good. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a big uh, live music guy. Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton. <laughs> Wayne Newton still play in Vegas. That's what it says. You know what I mean? It says it right here. Is that like? Is he? Do they have like Wayne Newton lookalikes now or That's impersonators? Kind of like Elvis. Probably. What about uh, tall guy, little guy, magicians? Penn Teller. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're around. They're, I think they they're have. They're probably yeah. there, right? Also, it says the Jets. I don't know if it's the whole team or a band or what, but 
Well, Elton John brings Benny in the Jets. I know he brought that to Jacksonville as the, the opening song the other night. Oh, it was? Yeah, that was his opener. Um, so so to answer the question, I don't know what's going what, what's yeah. to go down Wednesday night. But I will say this now. If it's Trevon Walker and he's not in Vegas, you're probably fired from going. I went to the <laughs> draft back for like to back, 10 years in a row, and the back guy years. was always there. Yeah. And it would be back-to-back years. Trevor wasn't there. We, then, now, we sent me to Cleveland knowingly. Well, that's true. Knowingly realizing that he would not be there. <laughs> Glenn says, go see Bryce Harper's high school. <laughs> okay, I, I could do that. that. I think it's, is that Bishop Gorman? Is sounds, that where he went? That sounds right. That sounds right. That's like the, they're always loaded. I know Kyle talent. and Kurt Busch are Las Vegas natives right. as well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll hope that our first-round pick is there. One of the nice things about this year's draft is they are kind of going back to a little bit more normalcy yeah, yeah. in the fact that they're bringing back what we find to be the most beneficial from a, a local TV standpoint. They do a clinic every year uh, the day before the draft where all the top prospects are doing a little youth clinic, a little Play 60 clinic. Uh, it's going to be inside the draft experience. And we get a chance to, to catch up with some of these prospects and do some interviews. And I know it's, it's actually worked out nice in the past where, like, we talked to Taven Bryan the day before uh, because he was one of the prospects there working with the kids. Yeah. And it was kind of a, a cool chance to catch up with him. Same with uh, Juwan. Yeah, Juwan Taylor. just came up with Juwan Taylor. Yeah. Um, all those guys. I mean, every, every, really every guy that draft, Jags picked, we have talked to Ramsey. Go on, I mean, you just go down the list. Yeah. Uh, well, did we get Josh Allen? That one was kind of a surprise, but we might have got I think him. we did get Allen that year because that was right at Nissan Stadium where they did it. Same with uh, Taylor was that year. Taylor was, was just that. in the second yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. That's um, right. We did get Josh. The one I'm not sure. I've, did we get Bortles that year? I think we did. I think we, yeah. got, I think we got Bortles that oh, year. Yeah. That was in Chicago, I want to say, in 2014. Ramsey was definitely in Chicago. Uh, gosh, it's crazy somebody that it hasn't in, been in New York in forever. Know, somebody was in Philly. Who they pick in Philly? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know the Philly pick, but yeah. So, so, so I'm looking forward to that, it, yeah, that that's aspect a good of this of this Vegas trip. It'll be very beneficial. And then I'm also going to be going to the Bold City Brigade draft party. Yeah, uh, which is uh, everything I've heard about it is going to be absolutely insane, <laughs> which is not surprising. Uh, it's not surprising at all. So we'll have some live reports from there. Some Jaguars legends will be there. So they have Jags a Bold fans City, will be there. Um, like Vegas. I don't know if they have a Vegas chapter. Like they didn't, they didn't particularly have a Cleveland one. But I know that some of the guys from Bold City, and there's like a San Antonio chapter. One of the guys down there, Eric, does a great job and is part of the the planning process. And I think they're using the same planning lady who did the one in Cleveland last year. I think she's based out of Cleveland. Uh, but they liked what she did so much at that party, which was a great party. Jimmy uh, Smith's gonna be here, right? Jimmy Smith was there last year. He's gonna be there this year as well, as well as Tony Baselli and Fred Taylor. So, like, we're bringing out the big guns for this one in Las Vegas. Probably not a hard sell to to be like, hey, Jags legends, want to come out to Vegas and, and be part of this party? Yeah, uh -huh. that's, that's probably an easy yes. And uh, so that's Thursday. So, obviously, that part of Thursday. our coverage. Um, Wednesday's a good day. Seriously, Stuart will be traveling tomorrow, but he'll check in with us on Wednesday. And he's right. I mean, you'll, we'll hear from everybody but Trevon Walker. So, I mean, the Neals, the Aquanus, the Hutchinson, we'll, we'll probably hear from him, them and, and more. Uh, and and so it's try to catch up with cool Jermaine insight. Johnson too. Of course, Florida State. He's going to be a high draft pick this year. It'll be good insight because we've heard from Hutchinson that he feels like the Jags might take him. Like that's been the narrative the last week, and now all of a sudden it's really shifted. And so it'll be interesting to get like Hutchinson's reaction to kind of all that. What he feels is going to go on. And might be happy by the way because he could end up right in his hometown of yep. uh, Detroit, Michigan, for that. And then Thursday, uh, Stewart will be at the draft par party. Fred, Tony, Jimmy. Um, others, a lot of fans, 
and then all the Vegas stuff. I mean, and hopefully uh, the guy we pick is there that night. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if it's not, it's not. You still get the buzz Correct. of Vegas, and that's yes. part of it. And we will be live from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Three straight hours wall-to-wall coverage of uh, the Jags draft from Vegas to Jacksonville, the Daily's Place Party. Uh, we will have you covered like last year. It's uh, It was pretty cool. And you can listen to ESPN 690 for the entire draft. Zero uh, percent chance of rain in Vegas. This that is nice. Totally. And by the way, beautiful looking Thank day goodness. Thursday. Uh, at Daly's Place, too, in Jacksonville. It's supposed beautiful. to be like 78 degrees and beautiful. By the way, doing more research on the shows, do you think there's a chance you could call off on Thursday? Yes. Because, <coughs> yeah, okay, good. Because Lady Gaga is no. there on Thursday. Oh, really? Lady Gaga on Thursday. Yeah. Sorry. You know Sorry, Jaguars. Well, like, maybe they wrap that thing up no, early, great. you know. Uh, yeah. What do you think? So I don't know if wrap, you can wrap that thing up what early. Is it, is it two hours or three hours? Three hours. hour time difference. So it's a four-hour start to the draft. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. 4 p.m. start. Oh. Oh, okay. dude, you're in there. The show's at 8. Yeah, that's only... 8 is 11 o'clock. $500 a eight, ticket. Oh, yeah. I didn't click on that part, but listen. <laughs> I'm just going to go through Vivid Seats, find some really good tickets. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now, no. They did give me a refund. That's good. So I'm back in the good graces of Vivid Seats. I think I got our minor league spring training game from Vivid Seats a couple months, last month. They it's did called Lady Gaga, and her, Lady Gaga and her piano. So oh, I bet that's oh, okay. awesome. It's going to be good. I actually that would really good. like to see that. Like, I'm serious. You should consider calling off. Like, I know your boss is, like, right there, but... Yeah. That's generally not how this works. But yeah, yes. I don't think. But maybe you, you know, just we'll, go. We'll like, just wrap some stuff up early and get over there. But All if right. you hear it's Walker, maybe like, hey, like, I don't know. Oh, we got to get out of here and uh, take a break. Yes. But before we do that, high school football starts today. Uh, spring practices, big storylines. Bobby Ramsey just got a new gig. Bobby Ramsey going to Impact Christian to start up their 11-man program, uh, which is really exciting. They, they used to play the, the smaller side football, you yeah, know, eight-man football. Eight man football. Uh, starting up that program, I mentioned it in a tweet the other day. I mean, you got Roddy DeBose going to NFEI. Mm-hmm. So that's two programs that, you know, have a good chance to take a little rise here. Good coaches. Simply because of the good coaches and good leadership. And that's always so important with upstart programs. If you get a good leader in there, someone who knows what they're doing, like that's going to make a huge difference. So you got that. You got, oh, we got another new team in Beachside. The Barracudas getting ready yeah. to play this fall. Uh, you've got a bunch of new coaches all across the area. Some schools making some big hires, and Orange Park did. I know we've got a lot of changes all over the place, so uh, this is their first chance to kind of get out on the practice field. An interesting thing I've noticed this year, a lot of teams are posting their practice schedules on Twitter, not for us, the media, but for college these college coaches. coaches who are out recruiting. So it's going to work out nice for us, the media, because we can see when, you know, what times and days they're practicing. But they're hip becoming, to the game. They're hip to the game. It's committed more, to the uncommitted. More, more of a story that they're bringing those folks in. So uh, that's pretty cool to see. And last note, the watermelon uh, smash. Uh, Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain. That is that is NASCAR, folks. You like it. Such a huge surprise. I mean, if you would have said, who's going to have two wins at this point in the year and put any money on Ross Chastain, the odds of that would seem so crazy. But it, it's such a tribute to this new car and this new way of doing things that the team Trackhouse Racing owned by Justin Marks and that guy you may know as Pitbull Mr. 305 now has Mr. Two Wins this season as a team owner. Pretty cool. Really cool. It's really cool that Great they, story for NASCAR. It's a great story for NASCAR and here's here's one of the things that people maybe aren't talking about. The car that Chastain won both at the road course in Austin and at the Super Speedway in Talladega, it's the same car. Wow. The same, like, physical car. They they obviously changed some yeah, stuff yeah. out. But that was part of the idea of this big change for NASCAR is you, you make a car that can be used on all the different types of tracks. 
in the old days, you had to have at least three, maybe four different types of cars. One for the short tracks, one for the, the mid-races, the super speedways, and the road courses. It was a different car, and that's why it got so costly, because each team would have, like, eight different cars because you needed a car and a backup for yeah. each type of track. Well, now with this new system, this, this new car, you're able to use that same car, change things out, and make it a winning car for both a road course and a super speedway. That's that's NASCAR's dream right there. And Chastain from South Florida, watermelon farmers. Seventh and so generation people. watermelon farmer. He... I mean, listen, Carl Edwards made the backflip. Like, it was fun when he won. Like, he I did. actually think the Chastain, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah. Chastain stuff with the watermelon, you just oh, yeah. got to make sure you go to the grocery store each weekend. Every week, they always have one ready. And and that's kind of a cool thing to, to think that even when they weren't winning, they always had a watermelon there ready because they thought they could win. Or oh, it's a good snack after. And it's a great snack and just in case. You saw him <laughs> chomping down on that thing afterwards during the interview. He was he was probably thirsty and hungry, wanted some nourishment, a little watermelon. Where is that? Was it, what, is it Wachula? Well, cool. He's from Alva, I believe. Wachula. Uh, B.J. McLeod's from Wachula. Okay, okay. Uh, Another NASCAR driver. Yeah. And an ex of mine from college. Oh. Wachula. Wow. I, spent oh, I thought time. you meant the dude. I was like, what? No, the city in Florida. I've spent some time in that city. All right. Town. It's it's a one stoplight town. <laughs> Ross Chastain is off to a heck of a start in his uh, NASCAR career. All right, Weber, get out of here, man. Uh, we will uh, see you on TV all week live from Vegas, and you'll join us on the uh, radio show as well. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be out on Thursday. Right back. That's Football at 5 coming up in a bid. Lady, find your way to Lady Gaga. That would be pretty awesome. Do it. We'll be back on ESPN 690. This one goes on KD's permanent record. If this doesn't look vastly different tonight, this series does not get forgotten. People still talk about LeBron James from a series he played in the finals 11 years ago against Dallas. This is a first-round series in which his team is about to get swept, and he has been the primary reason his team has not won. If this was LeBron James, people would be talking about this series for the rest of his life. Well, he's not LeBron James, Kevin Durant, so they won't. I will tell you the difference in star power, Thanks. LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, get ready for football at 5. We are getting ready for the NFL draft. We are getting ready to hear what South Beach Gary has to say. Let's get South Beach Gary on real quick before the top of the hour. What's happening? Brent, you know I love you. Well, thank you. No way in the world Tyler Lindebaum is here at 33. He's going to go between, between 10 and 20, I guarantee it. Uh, yeah, are you referring to my mock draft last night? Yes. Um, yeah, listen, it's just the way it shook. I don't agree. I don't think he's going to be there either, South Beach Gary. I think the question is, let's just say he goes to like 27, all right? Let's just say he slips because for some reason people have him as a slipper. And I don't know why, but if he is at 27, is he worth going back into the first round and getting, or do you take the risk at 33? And I believe the Jags covet that 33rd overall pick, but see – if you really think he's good and that good, why not go back in and get him, even if it's not a receiver? Because, Brent, the Jags just don't do stuff like that. It's not in their DNA. Yeah, well, it hasn't been. They cover these draft picks. So they, they hold on to six and seventh round picks like, like they're gold. <laughs> they do. I, I don't understand it. Yeah, me either. Twelve picks. You don't need 12 picks. I agree with you. Uh, thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, I, by the way, he's referring to my mock draft last night I did on TV on Action Sports X Primetime. And um, it just fell to me that I had Linderbaum. So you I was what like, you got to do, man. Well, 
Okay. You know what's crazy about those mock drafts? I tweeted this out. One of us did, like, Dylan Parham had him at, like, the 55th overall pick. Yep. I had him at 222. Oh. <laughs> 222. That's good. Uh, I mean, he would have been 65th on the other one. My bad. Yeah. Uh, 55th. But um, crazy. The mock draft. I mean, this stuff is so, the simulator. Yep. We are bought into, like, it's fact. It's not fact, obviously. That's no. why we shock your mock on a daily basis, because we know it's it has almost like a ridiculous nature to it, uh, especially as you get deeper and deeper into it. So I could not fault them for Linderbaum if they end up with him, even though I want receiver. But if they get like a linebacker instead of receiver, I'm not going to like it. I'm telling you right now. Mm-hmm. All right, Football 5 coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. More of this draft talk, what people are saying, where are they going. It's eating up, baby, and there's a new favorite in Vegas. He just probably won't be there in Vegas if he goes number one to the Jags. We'll be back on ESPN 690.